All right, welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm joined with my co-host, Wayne Lewis. What up, what up? And our guest today, Neil Patel. And Neil. thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing good. You said it best earlier. We woke up today, you know? Right. Love it. Right. You have to be grateful for every single day that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Got to get it in. Give people the rundown on your journey for those that don't know you. Sure. So uh, I feel like I'm getting old, although I'm still <laughs> young. I'm 37. I've been doing this for... I uh, call it 21, 22 years right now. I started 15 and a half, so however you want to slice and dice the numbers. Mm. And, yeah, I started off my career in marketing, still in marketing today. I uh, had a lot of different businesses from software companies, ad agencies. Some failed, some didn't do well. You know, when I was 16, when I really got my start, I gave a speech at a college house. I was a book nerd. And uh, my parents would always tell me that you're not going to make the NBA. You know, they're like, do you see tons of Indians in the Olympics? And I'm like, yeah, that's true. You don't really don't see tons of Indians in the Olympics. <laughs> and my parents are like, you're good at math. You're good at science. You know, you're, you're great with school. Stick to something that you naturally are great at. So did well in school. I also took nighttime college classes while I was in high school. My first class was Speech 101, give a speech mm. on how Google's algorithm works and mm. how to rank on Google. Mm-hmm. And I got a contract there for five grand a month. Mm. Made them around $20, 25000000 million in extra revenue. Google? Uh, no, no, no. So a, a guy in that class, he worked for a power supply manufacturer. Okay. And he's just like, my company's looking for someone like you that understands Google and can help us get traffic from. Because mm. back then, you're talking about 20 plus years ago, right? That's a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. That was around Yahoo was around. At, at yeah, the Yahoo. Time. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people don't even talk about Yahoo anymore. But yeah, <laughs> right. you're right. And he's just like, hey, my company wants to hire someone like you. Right. And they first actually hired me on an hourly basis for like $100, $200 an hour, somewhere around there. Mm. And it was for like a block of 10 hours. They were like, can you just do this for us? So then they gave me, they're paying me five grand a month. I'm 16, five grand a month. That's 16 oh, yeah. is a 16, lot of money. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. For sure. And I drove them in the first year around 20, $25 million in revenue. The somewhere first around year. There. First year. Uh, you should have been making 2 million a year at that point. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> the right. owner of that company, his son had yes. an ad agency. Mm-hmm. So then he sold my services at the time to Blue Cross, ING Direct, and Countrywide. Well, Countrywide was a mortgage company that went belly under, got gobbled up by uh, Bank of America during the 2008 crisis. Mm. So he was giving me five grand a client. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a little kid, 20 grand a month. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. It's 20 grand a month is a lot right now. Yeah, I could live off that. Yeah, yeah. Facts. And that's how I got my start. Wow. Wow. So then from there, you go where? From there, started an ad agency. At what age? A 16 still. Oh, you were, so wait, so all this was happening at 16, so you went like, no, this is the next year. Yeah, yeah, no, 16. Okay. I was having office and everything like that, and employees going to the office before I was going to were college. Were you still going to school? Like yeah, high I was school? going to school, yeah. Why, why didn't you just drop out? Oh, trust me, I wish my parents would give that. They're like, <laughs> yeah. no good Indian girl's going to marry you if you don't have a college degree. Asian oh. parents will not let you drop out. Wow. Yeah, and then, so my parents wanted me to get married, mm-hmm. and they're like, no Indian girl's going to marry you. And then eventually... I'm 37 now. I'm married. I have two kids. But when took, did you get married? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe four years ago? Oh, so it, was, okay. it still took a while. It, it took a long time. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you could have dropped out. Yeah, I could have dropped out. <laughs> and then my parents were at, at one point like, instead of no good Indian girl's going to marry you, then it became no good girl's going to marry you <laughs> to just like get married. 
Right. And they're like, we don't care if you get married. My parents don't care. They're like, if you get married to a guy, girl, we don't care. Just get married. married. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got married, and my wife and I, we had two kids. Mm, and nice. they were ecstatic. The moment I had my first kid, my dad was ecstatic. He's like, oh, I never would have guessed you got married or had a kid. <laughs> and right. then Indian wife? Uh, no, she's not Indian. Okay. She's a mutt. She's mixed. Uh, some Korean, some Chinese, Mongolian, mm-hmm. some American, some European. Mm-hmm. Wow. She, she's like a true mutt. Okay. Oh gosh. So are your kids darker skin or lighter uh, skin? My kids look white. Okay. Oh, they do? They look white, yeah. Wow. So, and I know they're my kids because I had them during like COVID <laughs> right, and stuff right. like that. So right, right, right. they're my kids, but my wife looks more Asian. I look Indian. Um, and our kids are mixed. But funny enough for me, you guys grew up in Vegas? No, I didn't grow up in Vegas. No. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in L.A. I moved out here to when I, uh, when I went to UNLV for a little while. Oh, cool. Same yeah. here. Jersey. So, yeah. Jersey. So in L.A., I, I grew up in L.A., there's a lot of diversity. In Vegas, there's not as much diversity, at least from what I've seen. But in L.A., like every other person is like, no one cares anything. It's just, it's a big melting pot. Yeah, it is. Mm. I mean, Vegas is too. It's a lot of... Kind of just transplants here. They just kind of landed in Vegas. But I felt there was much more of a melting pot in Los Angeles. Right. Than, I mean, but it's, it's also bigger. more population. Yeah, it's a yes, bigger right. market. Yeah. I mean, now it's, I mean, I think Vegas is taking over, but. Yeah. yeah Vegas sure. is booming. Super. Yeah. So are you back to your journey? So you started an agency at 16. Then what did you do, you do after that? During the 2008 crisis, we lost a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. So when a lot of these companies went belly up like during the financial crisis right with homes and all that kind of stuff subprime we lost a lot of revenue right and that hurt the agency but a year or two before that we started a software company and the software company kept doing well so i shifted my focus to software hey that was a nice pivot yeah it was a nice pivot got lucky and uh the software company did really well we kept going we still have it today it's called crazy egg Mm -hmm. my sister amy runs it she's been doing a great job it still grows uh surely but slowly but surely and you know did a few companies in between some of them did well some a lot of them failed miserably and lost a lot of money but the ones that did well made up for all the losses mm. did you guys ever ipo it's crazy egg yeah no never did ipo that's probably a good thing yeah you call all the shots i i don't think we have really had the opportunity back then to mm-hmm. uh ipo my latest company, we had the chance to IPO in this market. Yeah. My latest one is an ad agency called NP Digital, mm-hmm. doing that for five years. Yeah. And that one took off like a rocket ship. We're like the 21st fastest growing company in the United States, according to Inc. Wow. That's and big. Uh, we bootstrapped it, so, you know, self-funded the whole thing. And, you know, we went from zero to a solid, like real solid nine figures in less than five years. That's, that's insane. Bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. So, you know, and... People started hitting us up saying, "Would you ever consider IPO?" Because we had high growth and mm-hmm. profitability, we still do. That's just not me. Like mm. the only thing about it is that you got to give up a lot of control when you um, IPO. Mm. And, and who, who wants to deal with the stress? I don't I mean, deal with the stock going up and down. Some people and do. I mean, board members kind of silently stuff. selling your company to the public. In mm. a sense, that's true. Yeah. It, it it really is. You it's give a great up some liquidity. control. You you leverage. You know, obviously. Yeah. Um, you're able to scale up because, you know, it's a lot of money being given to you. <laughs> That's true. You know, and then your net worth goes up and then you're able to possibly sell at some point. Maybe if you want to cash out, buy out. Well, we had a lot of buyout offers as well. I've had a m- multiple buyout offers for mm-hmm. majority of the company. Actually, all the companies that I did that did well all had mm-hmm. buyout offers. Right. And 
I've never really cared to sell a business. Like mm. even the current one, the ad agency, I don't know how many buyout offers we've had. Way more than five. Maybe like seven, eight, nine. Wow. I don't know. Are you emotionally attached to them? Like, is that why you? Yeah, they're stuff? like babies. Oh, okay. okay. Well, there it goes. This is like a kid. You know, you mm-hmm. can't give up your kid. So you're not doing it for the money. I love the money. The money. The money is a, <laughs> right. the money's a scorecard saying that you're doing well in business. Right. I don't care for the money. Like, I have a Honda Odyssey. Hmm. So it's yeah, but that's my choice. Sure. Yeah. yeah and I'm not saying I drive around in the Honda Odyssey all the time. Like when I'm busy, like working right now. I have a driver. He drove me here. And okay, okay. Well, so that see, was a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I have a Honda Odyssey. Well, that's my choice. No, no, well, but I have like, a driver. but I, I prefer the Honda Odyssey. It's a more convenient car when you have mm-hmm. little kids and they yeah. hop in and out and right. Life is chill. Okay. But I, I don't care for things like big homes, fancy cars. Like I never dreamed about having a Ferrari. I never dreamed about having, you know, a twenty thousand square foot house. Mm. None of those things were always like, oh, my God, like, ah, look at this house or look at this neighborhood I live what in. What did you dream about? Building a bigger business. Mm. And then. Same concept. Same concept. Mm-hmm. And the more people you employ, the bigger you get, the more mm-hmm. revenue you make. It's just a milestone. And for me, that's like my, you know, drug of choice. Right. And my wife, her dream was always donating, volunteering her time, mm-hmm. trying to change the world. And my wife does a lot in education Mm. and she has this thesis. So, you know, we lived in LA for a long time um, and we have this thesis, you know, and I'm not trying to talk trash here, but Mm -hmm. like you take the kids from Beverly Hills, a lot of them do well in life. Mm -hmm. And again, not trying to talk trash when people live in Beverly Hills. We even have a house (laughs) there. So, you know, no diss to people there. But if you take people from the inner city, like, you know, Compton or East LA or places like that. I bet you if you give those kids the same tools and the same education as you throw in that kid in Beverly Hills with their hustle, I bet you they would outshine a lot of the kids in Beverly Hills. If you look at like averages, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, you're going to get one-offs. People do better, but I just believe they have the hustle and... Well, because of the the hungers there. When you talk about, Mm. you know, um, like you said, dreaming. I think uh, most kids in those inner cities dream the most because... um, right. It's not available. You know, you're not inspired by what's around you. It's it's almost like a dream. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to work twice as hard, which most of the athletes and most, you know, musicians and artists that are successful come from the inner cities. Facts. They don't have a choice. Yeah. They don't have a choice. But to dream. That's we thrive off of that. Yeah. So, so speaking of education, what are your thoughts on the public education system? Do you plan on sending your kids to public school? Uh, so our kids are young, three and one. Um, Mm -hmm. my wife and I, funny enough, talk about this all the time. Right now they go to private school because it's preschool Mm -hmm. and there's not really, Mm -hmm. uh, free schooling when they're three years old or one years old. Mm. Um, here we do have options for private school in the future. Uh, and I tell my wife, I was like, let's go back to SoCal and send our kids to public school. I was, uh, went to public school. I did just fine. I think the public schools, there's a lot of good ones there. Or we can stick around in Vegas, which I'm happy with as well, and send our kids to public school here. Mm. I like public schools. I heard Vegas has yeah. heard Vegas has the worst though. It it's does, ranked 49th yeah. out of all the states. Yeah, but I think everywhere is bad. California, New York, Massachusetts. Uh, there's a lot of good schools there. Uh, Seattle has some good schools. It depends what city. 
right? Because even California, there's some bad schools in California and good ones. Mm. Um, but like, for example, I grew up in Orange County, California. Mm-hmm. The public schools were decent. Yeah, but the curriculum is all the same. They're not even teaching us the right stuff. Mm. So yeah. no matter what school you send them to, they'll never learn taxes. That's they'll right. They'll never learn about stock. They'll never learn yep. about how to buy a home. They'll never learn about mortgages. Savings, and then history, what to do during a downturn. History's wrong. You know, the math yeah. that they're teaching. Well, none of us is in here has used Algebra 3 yet. Yeah. You're so right. I did extremely <laughs> so, well in math as a kid. No matter I where you sit, the, nev- the, the education system isn't going to be right. That's right. I feel like the ranking is based on the demographic of where the school is actually placed. Where you get kids are actually trouble, trouble kids. Most of them are being suspended. They don't get the good teachers because teachers don't want to work in that area. Mm. That ranking is, it's bias. It's I think it has to do with money. So when you look at that, you're like, oh, no, I'll send them to this school because it's a better ranking when really that's a paid private school. Mm. They have the money to rank themselves in a better place. So you have to look at it. Yeah, they're bringing better teachers and all that. It's marketing. Yeah. Obviously, you're in that industry, so you you know, you know. Yeah. So, But that's really so like going back to my wife, she loves education and funding mm -hmm. things education related or, uh, you know, anything related to kids. Uh, poverty, food for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife always jokes around. She's like, I don't know how we survive and there's two of us. Like, imagine how a lot of these parents survive when there's they're single parent. I think mm. about that too. Like, that's, it's a hard life. They don't have money for nannies or all that kind of stuff. They got to figure out. They got to work multiple jobs, provide, cook, clean. They're doing everything, right? Mm. Like, to think about how kids are surviving in that situation, props to the parents, props to the kids. And, it's how do you, you know, we're not here to tell people what to do with their money to each though. And anyone can do whatever they want. But like for us, it makes my wife and I happy to give to those communities, give to those uh, parents in those situations and try to bring up the rest of the population in a really tiny way. Cause we don't have enough money to really make a big impact, but mm-hmm. we do whatever we can. That's that awesome. Sense. So I hear Google is getting rid of, the cookies. Is that a real thing? That's right. Next really? year. 2024? Wow. Is it because they're, they're, they've got the information that they needed from us and they can carry that on and continue to build their AI infrastructure? Well, for them, they control <laughs> the browser. They have analytics. They have so the search history. Gathering. They have YouTube. They have the email. So they're done with their research and experimenting. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they, they got the phone, too. I know a lot of us have iPhones. You probably have an iPhone, yeah, right? I got yeah. an iPhone. You got an iPhone? Yeah. yeah. But majority of people in the world are on Android. They're not on iOS. Really? Yeah, majority what? of the world are I on. I thought iPhone was the biggest. Literally. No, it's I. Uh, it's Android. Whoa. Majority of the world can't afford an iPhone. Oh, Androids are cheaper. Way cheaper. Okay, I, I didn't know. know that. Yeah, me neither. Interesting. So you're talking about a thousand dollar phone. I was in Brazil a few weeks ago. Did you know an iPhone in Brazil costs more than an iPhone in the United States? Even after the currency exchange and everything, if you just look at it, USD to USD, it costs more money there than here. When you know people don't make that kind of money in Brazil, mm, wow. and it's an up and coming country, right? They're booming, they're growing fast, but still, how the heck are people affording it? Mm. But why are they getting rid of the cookies? I'm, I was trying to like privacy understand why. Also, oh, they're going back to privacy. Yeah. So they took our privacy away. And okay, you guys have it back. We got pretty much everything we need from you. Mm. Well, well there are, there's a lot of regulation changes happening throughout the whole oh, world, okay, okay. like GDPR, and you have just different countries getting more and more strict on what you can do with people's data. Mm. So it, they're, Google's making moves, and so is Apple and other players, to 
not just follow the laws, but to be proactive with privacy. Now, don't get me wrong. So what does that do for the companies who are actually u- using Google Ads to gather um, the pixels? And Google will be fine. Things? They're not going to make a change that's going to crush their revenue. I uh, got you. But when Apple made the changes to privacy, mm-hmm. it hurt Facebook's revenue. I remember that. Yeah. Not yeah, Apple's yeah. revenue. Yeah, yeah. When Google makes a change, it'll probably hurt Facebook's revenue again. But it <laughs> won't hurt Google's revenue. Mm. So are they they're turning into competitors? Yeah, well, it's also a way to, you know, you, you box this a way to ding up your competitors yeah. and bruise them up. Yeah. yeah. Are you scared or excited about AI? I'm excited about AI. I just don't think it's, it's hyped a lot mm. and it's progressing at a really fast pace, which Super is great. Hyper fast. Yeah. But the thing with AI, everyone's like, oh, it's going to replace humans. It's going to replace, you know, content writers. It's going to replace everything. I'm like. It like, is. we're so far away from that, though. It will. Like, seven years away. That's in short time. Probably some companies three, but we're not far away from it. I mean, we were far away from it back in 2000. And back in 2000, 90s. even more far. We were far, but we're close now. And, and I, I don't have the exact answer or crystal ball on how close, but, like, if I had a guess, at least in the marketing world, in the next five years, I do not see AI replacing a human. And it's still a short time, though. Bro. It's, it's still, months. but even even more than that. And here's why. Here's a basic concept with AI. So check this out. If you want to think about like everyone talks about AI writing content, there's way more to AI with systems and processes and automation with analytics and getting more informed decisions. But let's just look at content as a basic example. Mm-hmm. When you do a search on Google or any search engine. Are the results always 100% accurate when you look up some of the no, stats? No, they're actually bad. No. Yeah, a lot of times they're, they're off. Bad, yeah. right. Now, Google knows this. Bing knows this. They've been working not 5, not 10, maybe 20-plus years to fix misinformation, and right. it's not perfect. What AI is doing is scraping the web, gathering all the information out there, and spitting out an output based on the input. Mm. So if they're gathering false inputs, right? Not all of them are false, but even if a small percentage of mm. them are— it can screw up the output. Right. And that's what you're seeing with AI. And yes, AI will get better, but you're still going to have a lot of bad information because the inputs are off and that's not easy to fix. And I don't see that being fixed over the next five, six, seven years. Mm. Interesting. Well, even with the input, the input is based off of what humans actually input into the yeah. system. So AI is actually getting a lot more sophisticated daily because of the usage. That's you right. You have over 100 million users using it, I mean, daily. Mm. You know, but that breaks down to hourly. And when it comes to the minute, you know, I can't give you those numbers, but I'm sure it's up there. It, so it's I crazy. Think, I think the information will get better. But I, you know, potentially, I hope it will. But yeah. I think AI is a, I think people should be not technically scared because I feel like they should work with it, but they should be worried. Fact. The ones that aren't educating yes. themselves. The I, ones I, I, I think you nailed it. People should be working with it. Mm. it, If you embrace AI and you learn how to leverage it to do a better job at the company you work at or for your own business, you're going to get even further in life. Absolutely. But if you stay afraid of it and you're just like, no, I don't want to touch it, I think you're going to start becoming replaced by other people who either understand AI, know how to leverage it, or you're going to get replaced by AI, one or the other. Which AI are you using right now? Uh, so we use a lot of open uh, AI. They have mm-hmm. some APIs, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that created ChatGPT. Right. Uh, and Bing is using them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But yeah. we use a lot of their APIs to help make better informed decisions for our business. Mm-hmm. And it's still early phases, and none mm-hmm. of it's like really perfect. But mm-hmm. like you said, 
you know, five years is going to be really dangerous. I think even in a few years, it's going to make our lives much easier. By December, we'll start feeling the impact. For, I mean, people are feeling it now, but by December, I feel like impact will, it'll start making a, a little bit of a push. Yeah. I, for I, sure. I, I, and I think every day that goes by, these AI tools and the learning that they have is just incredible because of so many daily users. Like he you and Sean text uh, almost. What, we text all the time. He's about, always yeah. he's showing I mean, me It's stuff, making sure some of my contracts yeah. now. It's pretty crazy. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You prompt it and it makes yeah. a contract. So instead of paying a lawyer 500 an hour, right. you just send it to the lawyer, say, can you review this real quick? That's smart. I yeah. never thought about that. Yeah, with that. yeah. dude. It's, it's, it's NDAs, disclaimers, yeah. contracts. Even it breaks down. He was showing me one, one, one tool. Won't disclose it. But it was breaking down uh, the episodes in the sense of like um, of like place value, so you can do coursework too. You can like turn it into a course if you want. Yeah, that's cool. So you put a two hour podcast on it, and mm-hmm. it breaks down the key points for you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So yeah. it digests the podcast for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Breaks down the and that uses OpenAI. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, OpenAI is amazing. Yeah, I think Google's Bard is going to be really good. You know, I know a lot of people are counting out Google. But Google has so much information. They have more than OpenAI or anyone else out, out there. I do believe their AI is going to be amazing. It's just going to take time. But it's going to take time, but they can be late to the game because you still got China that's going to get involved heavy. And yeah. when, they, when they come, I mean, chat, uh, GPT might just be a, a poodle mm. from what they're – I just you can't count them out either. So Google has to – they're going to drop. They got to do it now. And – um <laughs> waiting, it won't. It won't. They won't benefit from waiting yeah. because every system that's out, if you think about it, it's getting more and more sophisticated daily. Mm. So how can their system advance if they're waiting later to drop? By the time they drop, these systems will be far more advanced. Google will still be technically in beta. Yeah, and and I think they're pushing really hard. But the way I look at it is, if if you look at the most popular social network mm. right now, let's call it Facebook. I know Facebook owns Instagram right. and WhatsApp. Facebook wasn't the first, right? There's a lot of others that came. MySpace Mm. was a lot earlier. Google wasn't the first search engine either. Yahoo was before there. AltaVista, Lycos, the list goes on and on. But it's 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 a race right now because it's just it's a sophistication race. Yeah. So who's going to be far more sophisticated in this AI space and at what speed? You got Chat Four already dropped, right, Sean? Yeah. And then they're working on four point five. So I mean, is this it's gonna get? It's going to get crazy. And when you look at from three to four and all the variations, just the improvements are so crazy. Right. And they're also trying to make it cheaper and cheaper. Mm. What are the biggest opportunities you, you see for 2023 and 2024? From a marketing standpoint, I th- this is going to sound silly. I actually don't think it's AI. Mm. I think podcasting is one of them. Podcasting isn't that competitive. There's like less than 10 million podcasts, over a billion blogs. So if you think about the ratios, it's an open landscape still. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Two is taking an omni-channel approach with marketing. Like when we try to acquire customers from TikTok and our ad agency, we're seeing that for our clients, a lot of times TikTok is like 40, 50% cheaper than Facebook ads. Wow. Which is better. Yeah, which is it has a better algorithm, too. So it's like, that's just so much cheaper. Why wouldn't mm. you want to save the money and acquire as many people as possible for as little as possible? Mm. The other big opportunity that we're seeing, and this one's the dead simplest one, but just people are lazy and no one wants to take the time, updating your content. No matter what you search for on Google or anywhere on social media, there's already content on that topic. 
The issue is, is most of the content is old, outdated. So the algorithms of social platforms and search engines don't want to showcase it. But the mm. moment you keep it fresh and up to date, it'll boost you. It'll boost you. Just look at Wikipedia. They rank and get so much traffic because people keep modifying Wikipedia pages <laughs> every single day. Yeah, yeah. I probably bet every single minute someone's modifying a right. Wikipedia page. I don't have the stats or data on that, but if I had to take a guess, I bet you it's on the minute basis. Probably. Wow. What is re- uh, reverse ETO? Can you explain that to us? Reverse ETO. I don't know what reverse ETO is. ETL. ETL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ETL. I don't know what reverse ETL. Is. <laughs> um, well, um, I was looking through your um, MP Digital, uh-huh. and um, uh, the uh, one of your associates was touching bases on it. It was real interesting to me. So it was the difference between gathering data and then inputting the the data when it comes to like your ads and stuff like that. I found it interesting. I have no idea what reverse ETL is, but <laughs> that's why we have 750 people that okay, specialize okay. in different baller. things. That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah, I should learn it. Yeah. Don't get me I, wrong. I, she, I mean, I learned a lot just from, you know, just yeah. kind of looking into it. I'm like, okay, I never heard of that. So Yeah, me uh, neither. I'll she, look it into was it. talking about <laughs> ads and stuff. Yeah, we have so many people that specialize <laughs> in different yeah. things. Like we have, we literally have a handful of people. You that have 700 only, employees? Yeah, seven something just wow. in that company. That's a lot. Just in that one, geez. And we're still hiring. But like when I look at so it. Are you, are you not going to replace with AI? Uh, we're even using AI, but we still need help. We're expanding fast internationally. Oh, okay. Right. So like we're opening up this year in France, Italy, Germany. We just added Singapore. Nice. We just added a head of LATAM mm-hmm. for to expand it to Mexico, Colombia, Chile, and Argentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, uh, I think we mentioned Singapore. We're interviewing right now for a head of Malaysia. I just finished interviewing today for a head of uh, Spain. Is, it, is wow. it mandatory for your employees to learn how to use AI and work with it? Uh-huh. They make it mandatory so you don't have to get rid of anybody in your workforce. Mm. No, we, we want them to figure out how to use AI to make their job more efficient so they can focus on the things that are important and not do the mundane, boring stuff. That's right. how you do it. I like that. I like that model. You feel like celebrity endorsements are a waste of money. Why do you feel that way? So I feel celebrity endorsements are a waste because most of them are too generic. So, like, let's talk about the Kardashians. You know, some people hate on the Kardashians, but you got to admit, they built an amazing business Powerful. empire. Yeah, you got to respect that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what people think about the Kardashians or how they got popular. They were really smart on how they took that fame or how they built up that fame and took that fame and turned it into a big business empire. Mm-hmm. Not just for one of them, but for pretty much the whole family. Right. If you get Kylie Jenner to push, if I get Kylie Jenner to push my marketing agency, NP Digital, I may get some leads, but it's just irrelevant. Like her audience is like into makeup and cosmetics and clothing Mm. and Mm. stuff. And that's why most celebrity endorsements don't work because it doesn't match the product. Mm -hmm. And now you have it where so many people are using celebrity endorsements for everything Mm -hmm. and they're being brand evangelists. It's not working that well. Mm. But the moment... You get like Rihanna to create her own company or you get Kylie Jenner to create her own company. People are like, oh, you're not pushing someone else and you're not just getting paid. You're creating your own products. Which they're supposed to. Yeah, which is what they should be doing. And that people love and that converts really well. Mm. But the products got to be aligned. Like, for example, let's say The Rock. The Rock is known for like fitness, humor. The guy's like buff. 
He's smart. He's good with business. But if he created a course being like, here's how to pass your CPA exam. <laughs> I'm going to teach you guys how to do really well in accounting. <laughs> and accounting's a big business, right? right There's yeah. a lot of massive accounting companies throughout the whole world. Everyone does taxes. Yeah. People have to do accounting for every single business, even personal finances. It just wouldn't convert well. Mm. The, it, it doesn't line up. But if Rock Sports an energy drink, which he does. Blow. Yeah. It'll blow up. It makes sense. So... They got to do their own products. I do think there is value in influencers if the celebrity is directly aligned to the product and service and is really involved in the business. And believes in it. Yes, like mm -hmm. Ryan uh, Reynolds and Mint mm -hmm. sold for 1.3. Yeah. Ryan didn't create Mint. They gave him equity to be the evangelist and be part of the company and help mm -hmm. out. He believed in it. He wanted to put in the time and the energy. Yeah. Flow Rider and Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. And then Which if he you, had to sue to get his money, but, but he, still, he still made a lot of money. Like yeah, it's good dollars. for him. And then the other one is, uh, you know, if you get a micro influencer, mm -hmm. like someone who's known for like something really specific, even mm -hmm. if they only have like a half a million followers or a hundred thousand, mm -hmm. but their audience is super engaged because they're really well known for it. Like you do boxing. If you have someone who has 250,000 followers on Instagram, but they're known for like teaching like crazy boxing techniques and strategy and they're like you got to check out these winning gloves right yeah. winning's a brand of gloves right. and if they say you got to check out winning gloves they are the best and they break mm -hmm. them down even if it's a paid endorsement people will listen mm -hmm. because that person is a specialist within that subject that's what i think and that's a huge opportunity right now in marketing mm -hmm. in 2023 2024 i even see that going to five six years from now ai cannot replace that right. no. people want to deal with uh, companies that have a face. No one mm. likes faceless companies, but it has to be a line. I can't have LeBron James pitching my marketing company. Yes, <laughs> he's a business mogul. He's crushing it. But people don't know LeBron James for marketing. I'm not saying he's a bad marketer. I'm just saying people know him for marketing. Mm. I mean, uh, basketball. Yeah, basketball. Yeah, not marketing. So, But if mm. he had a new basketball that has some special grip on it, he would be perfect for it. Exactly. Mm. Or shoes. Or even something for fitness like yeah. Tonal. Mm. Right? I bought that a Tonal perfect. because of LeBron, LeBron James. James. Oh, is that the ice thing? No, a tonal is like resistance. Uh -huh. It's like you can, uh, it's electric resistance, so you can modify the resistance. He's an investor in that company? I, yes. I think he has got equity it. in it for sure. Or investor or mm -hmm. equity owner. Maybe yeah. he got it for free. I don't know, but mm. I saw Serena Williams on the commercial. I saw LeBron James. <laughs> How I was like, important right. is for e-com, people who are in e-com to use uh, SurveyMonkey? I think it's great because you can figure out what's wrong with your pages, mm -hmm. your products, and what changes you need to make to make them better because mm. like when you look at analytics like google analytics yeah. yeah you can see oh people are leaving this page but why are they leaving that page survey monkey is a survey response. there's quantitative data mm -hmm. and there's qualitative quantitative is like the numbers right. qualitative is him hey, getting feedback mm -hmm. survey monkey is like a uh, a version of just talking to people and getting mm -hmm. feedback hey why aren't you buying why are you leaving the page what else How would you like to see Super effective. Mm -hmm. We like taking all that data, assuming you're getting enough quantity and responses, right. not like one or two, but if you're getting like 50, 60, 100 for a specific page and you make changes, we usually see revenue and conversions go up. Wow. So it's based on the consumer's perspective of how you can make your company from a visibility standpoint better. Exactly. Just by asking simple questions in regards to, you know, yeah. they're happy or not with the service or product. Yep. What else would you like to see mm. on the page? Why didn't you buy? Mm. Um, you know, uh, how many business owners actually modify their 
business based on the consumer's perspective? Very little. Very, and that's <laughs> terrible. That is. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you get yeah. a stubborn business owner. And, I used to do it. Yeah. It would record their checkout screen and yeah. I'd see what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. It's, 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 it's important because it's research. It's market yeah. research. You're able to scale your business up from that just by understanding your consumer. That's right. Yeah. Right. Is LinkedIn underrated? I think LinkedIn's massively underrated, especially if you're in B2B. Mm. It's like one of the best social networks for generating revenue for a business. LinkedIn's probably our... If I had a guess right now, I, I'm pretty sure YouTube is number one for social channels for revenue for us. Mm. Uh, for our consulting company, and LinkedIn is number two. Whoa. Wow. I'm like pretty I didn't sure know LinkedIn on that. was high. That's yeah. uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, ex business partner created LinkedIn. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's his company. He's got a lot of ex partners that are successful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's what happens when you got a group of people that are successful. What, uh, Mark's made a shitload of money. He yeah. has. Everybody he associated with, too. Yeah. Either by suing him or creating something else. Yeah, facts. <laughs> what platforms do you see taking over social media platforms? Uh, platforms. I see TikTok booming. I see WhatsApp as still a big opportunity. No one's really why? figured out how to use Why? Why? I see Tencent owns them and they're like the biggest conglomerate. But why here? Like what, what impact does WhatsApp have in the U.S.? So, so WhatsApp, um, everyone globally is, everyone globally right now on WhatsApp is using it because in a lot of countries, it costs money to text. Mm. It's free to text. Mm -hmm. uh, it's free to text on WhatsApp. You just got to. It's also controlled by the government over there too. TikTok is right. WhatsApp. What's, WhatsApp is. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. No, it's owned by a company called Tencent. That's a TikTok. Oh, TikTok no, no, no. is yeah. Yeah, TikTok. WhatsApp is too. Facebook, yeah, Facebook. bought them, right? Yeah. Facebook oh, bought Facebook bought yeah. WhatsApp. Oh, so yeah. Tencent used to own them then. They no, no, no. It. Uh, uh, WhatsApp was funded by Sequoia Capital. Mm -hmm. It was some founders uh, based in San Francisco. That You're thinking of here. WeChat. That's what uh, I'm thinking. Yeah. My bad, you guys. That's yeah. WeChat. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, okay, because yeah. okay, I okay, okay. So Tencent. Okay. I agree. We, WeChat's popular, I think, in Korea, right? No, it's no. everywhere now. But it's oh, that's Kakotalk. Kakotalk is Korea. Kakotalk. We yeah, Kakotalk. <laughs> WeChat is China. Is China. That's yeah, Ten that's right. Tencent owns them. Yeah. Okay. So WhatsApp. Okay. 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 Yeah. But TikTok might get banned. TikTok may get banned. You never know. I don't think it will. I think maybe for governments and stuff they'll regulate it. But in the U.S., I still think it'll be popular. People love it. Okay. The college campuses are banning it, but oh, colleges are college, uh, probably. Oh, I think they said thirty, forty percent already. Big time colleges, universities banned it already. Why? Yeah. Bro, why I would they no ban idea. it? The data. It's they banned crazy. TikTok, but not Adderall. So. <laughs> <laughs> They it's want so the students true. on that. I, I, I knew when I was in college, I knew so many students that were just taking Adderall. It was so it's bad. Terrible. I don't know why they were doing You weren't it. on it? No. <laughs> wow, Sean. <laughs> no, props, because I feel like everyone was. Yeah, I've never. Oh. And, and if people want to get on, I don't think there's. It's up to them. I was just a big believer, and it's like, you know. I try to be natural as much as possible. There you go. Yeah. So um, Facebook owns WeChat. TikTok. No, I mean, sorry. Facebook owns WeChat. Uh, WhatsApp. What, WhatsApp. Yeah, they also have the WhatsApp. Are we good now? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 good. we, we chat China. Okay. Kako Talk Korea. <laughs> Kako I Talk. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, you got to check it out. It's, it's big? big for the Korean market. Oh, wow. Okay. We got to wrap it up soon, but I want to know the best hire you've ever made. Was it the chef? Was it the driver? Who was it? Personal or corporate? Let's do both. Corporate CEO. I'm a terrible operator. We have a CEO named Mike Gullickson. Uh, he's in Wonders for Us. I wouldn't say he's a 
only amazing hire, but he's brought a lot of amazing people with him. And there's a lot of amazing people we brought before him that helped us get him. Mm. Uh, but we continually try to bring amazing people mm -hmm. who have done what we're looking to do and they've already done it before. Mm. Like he ran one of our competitors. It was called iProspect. I don't know how many employees they had, maybe 5,000, I'm guessing, 6,007 wow. or 4,000 or something like that. They were just a larger version of us. Right. So he's already done what we were trying to do and he helped us grow. When we got him, maybe we were 200, 300 people. He's more than doubled us in size. Wow. Um, and personal, um, it depends who you ask. If you ask my <laughs> wife, she's going to say the a nanny. nanny. The nanny. Edith, who's been amazing. If you ask me, uh, I would say either Philmon, who drove me here today. I love him to death. Mm -hmm. Or Franny, who helps us clean, but that's not... She does an amazing job there. But why I love Franny is... I travel almost every single week for work and like she'll have my suitcase ready with all my clothes, depending on how many days I'm gone. I don't have to oh, check anything. And it's just I like wish. so convenient. Mm. That sounds amazing. I'm packing a day for New York and it sucks. Wow. Third world know. problems. Right. Right. Yeah. And then another question. Um, what are some things that you can tell a lot of people out there struggling with e-com? E like what makes the e-com business do good and what makes the e-com business like what yeah. makes it, what's the difference in a good one and a bad e-com business? So good ones typically have funnels like upsells and downsells mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if someone's buying one product, you already got them buying. You got to get them to buy more. Right. And you got to figure out how to upsell them. Ideally, the products that you upsell are relate to the core product that they bought and it offers anything helping get results in an automated way or uh, getting results faster. Mm -hmm. So speed or automation. Okay. If people can get results faster or in an automated way, they'll typically pay for the upsells. But what about when it comes to clothing? Because everyone isn't selling like an actual product. Sure. So like clothing, on. if you someone buying underwear, you know they're going to need underwear. I don't know how often people replace them every year mm -hmm. or socks every year, every six months. Mm -hmm. Or if they buy T-shirts, they're going to need more T-shirts like mine here. They have some holes on it, little ones. Um, and I buy like 12 of the same white T-shirt and they last for a while. Mm -hmm. And that's what also makes it easy to pack because I wear the same clothes, <laughs> same thing, same colors. Uh, and they could send reminders saying like, hey, click here for a subscription or click here to get uh, a new shirt or we have a new style that's coming in. Mm. I think email marketing is huge. A lot of people take that for granted. Mm -hmm. And a lot of e-commerce these days are doing email, but they're not doing text. You know, you can't stop with email. You got to add in the text messaging. We see better revenue from texting right now, assuming you collect enough phone numbers, mm -hmm. than we do from emails for e-commerce. The other thing that we're seeing good e-commerce companies make is they're using tools like SurveyMonkey or using the uh, video recording tools yeah. like the Crazy Eggs to figure out what's wrong with the pages and how to improve the checkout mm -hmm. flows. Uh, good e-commerce companies also offer multiple payment options. We typically see an 18%-ish increase in revenue when people add PayPal as a payment option Wow, as well. It's a big jump, though. Yeah, but it, people love it. They love clicking that button, and it makes it easier, and they have multiple mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. funding sources typically in their PayPal account. Right. And what's the best um, app that they can attach to their stores for the texting uh, marketing, the marketing text? There's... A lot of them, I wouldn't actually say there's one that's better than others. I would actually look at what e-commerce platform you're mm -hmm. on and which ones fit natively gotcha. and integrate with your CRM. Mm -hmm. Ideally, you would want one that just plug and plays. Right. You don't want to just go and add uh, a random one 
and be like, oh, it doesn't integrate, and then we got to do everything manual. Gotcha. Just like email solvers. There's a lot of them, right? Mm -hmm. It's the question of which ones integrate really nicely with your CRM, and you can just get everything right. done pretty quickly. Neil, it's been a pleasure. Any closing thoughts on where people can find you? NeilPatel.com for my blog, or all my social handles are also Neil Patel or uh, NP Digital for our ad agency. Nice. Wayne? At the creator on Instagram, it should pop up here or here. <laughs> Sean Mike Kelly, Digital Social Hour. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'll see you next week. Peace.